do you feel like you are prone to burnout? Do you sometimes do things you don't want to do because you quote unquote feel bad? Are you an overthinker? Do you want to learn how to let go of control? In today's episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Emily Morello. Emily is the founder of Honest Living LLC, and she is a holistic health coach and hosts her own podcast called the Honest Living Podcast. And in this episode, Emily opens up to us about her journey to date with her health. She tells us about her eating disorder. She tells us about struggling with control over food and control over her health and overthinking a lot about her health. She tells us about how trying to control every part of her life and trying to be as productive as possible at every second of the day affected her health in a negative way. And she also tells us about how she lost her period, which is also called hypothalamic amenorrhea. And she goes into the details on how just focusing on what she loves, focusing on giving her body relaxation, focusing on improving her relationship with food, focusing on doing things that created joy in her life, completely turned her mental health around and gave her her period back and allowed her to be at just a different level of health and enjoyment in her life. It's extremely inspiring to hear Emily talk. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. And there are so many amazing lessons in here that have to do with our mindset and have to do with the root of health that goes even beyond what we eat or how much we work out. I think a lot of us are struggling with What mindset to have when we think about our health? Should we be really controlling about it? Should we be really specific about it? Should we let some things slide? Should we be super relaxed about it? It's really hard to decipher how much emphasis to put on our health, how much thought to put towards our health and what that means. What does putting an intention towards your health mean? And in this episode, Emily describes a such an amazing, beautiful outlook on that. She describes a great method for just how to live your life in general and how to experience health without obsessing about every little thing, but also while taking care of your body. And she talks about some big picture ideas about how to improve your health that just goes beyond all of the little test results and all of the little diet choices. This is a really beautiful episode and it was not very planned out for us. It ended up, this episode ended up in a different place than Emily and I planned on. And I think that's just so appropriate. So I hope you enjoy this. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening and an intuitive health coach. I help you hear what the universe wants to tell you about how to heal. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Say hi. Ask me the questions that you have. Let's chat. And as an intuitive health coach, I serve my clients through intuitive body readings. 
So my intuitive body readings are one-to-one sessions over Zoom, where I use my third eye to read your body and will listen to what the universe or source or God or spirit wants me to communicate about what you need to know in order to heal and what you need to do in order to start truly enjoying your life in a fulfilling way. I also help my clients find and strengthen romantic relationships, intimacy with themselves, and spiritual sensuality. You can book 30-minute or 60-minute readings with me. Head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading. Okay, let's bust into this episode with Emily Morello, founder of Honest Living LLC. Okay, everybody, the lovely Emily Morello is here with me today. Emily is the founder of Honest Living LLC. She is also a holistic health coach, and she hosts her own podcast called The Honest Living Podcast. And Emily speaks out against obsessive dieting and burnout and really champions listening to our bodies instead of overworking our bodies. Folks, these topics are so important. We are still bred to believe that health means working out every day, even if your body says no, and health means crash dieting, and health means not eating enough for your body, and health means being cheerful and energetic every second, and that's just not real. That's not real, and Emily has some really beautiful ways of reminding us of that, and it just it never serves us to have the outlook that overwork and under eating equals health. It's a big misconception. And Emily speaks out a lot against that. She has had quite a health journey herself and she has made it out to the other side. And through that has been able to coach her clients on how to avoid burnout and how to experience eating disorder recovery and how to cultivate more self-love. She's just doing beautiful things in this world. And she's a wonderful person. We just get to chill and hang out and talk. And she has all of these beautiful things to say always. And her podcast podcast is incredible. So I'm so excited to have her here. Emily Morello, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Root Awakening a Health Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here today and chat some more with you. I know I had you on my podcast a couple months ago, and it's just always great to see your smiling face. Yep. I feel the exact same about you. And you are... I believe you are also the first other Emily on this podcast. And I always like to talk about with you, Em. I love to exchange Ms back and forth with you. It just makes me feel really good. We both love that. So I'm Mm -hmm. just looking forward to it. (laughs) Me too. I love it as well. It's very chill. It's just gives off a good vibe. (laughs) Yep. Yep, we do. Our energies mix really well. So It's going to be a kick-ass episode, folks. I'm super excited to dig in, and I'd really like to start off with your health journey. So would you like to tell us about your health journey and how you got to be a holistic health coach? Absolutely. So I could go on a two-hour tangent Mm -hmm. of my health journey, which I've done before, but I'm going to try (laughs) my best not to. I just actually gave my whole health journey to my gynecologist, and I made it pretty short So because I went to a new doctor. So hopefully I can do the same right now. Basically what happened was, and you know, health journeys, they, there's really never exact start date and there's really never exact finish date. So I'm still on my health journey. Just looks a lot different today than it looked five plus years ago. Hmm. So basically I was always very teeny my whole life. I was always like the smallest in my class. I, my dad forced me to start like lifting weights in middle school because I was so skinny and I wanted to play all these sports. And he was like, well, I don't want you to break because Mm -hmm. you literally look like you will snap in half. 
So I just grew up being like that. And then I quit all my sports when I was a sophomore in high school because I had some injuries. I really just didn't feel great. And I just worked at this coffee shop with that I loved. So all day long, well, I mean, I was in school, I was in high school, but in the summer, especially I was just sitting, making lattes, making frappuccinos, making ice cream, milkshakes, making smoothies and any leftovers, I would just eat them myself. So naturally, and I was about 16, I did had this job from 16 to 18 years old. Naturally, over time, you begin to put on a little bit of weight. So for anyone who saw me, they thought you look great. Wow. You actually like fill out a little bit and you look really good. You look healthy. You look, you know, not like you're going to break in half, but to me, I panicked because I saw all these other women. I saw a lot of my friends were really small and I was like, well, I'm supposed to be the smallest. So I panicked because I was tying my identity around it. And when this happened, I also got on hormonal birth control, right? When in January, it was 2014, because it was the year I graduated from high school. And I was about 18 and a half at that point. And I remember I started obsessing a little bit more. I noticed. So I went from just gaining a little bit of weight to now obsessing about it and counting, figuring I started researching dieting situations or dieting techniques, different ways to work out. So instead of working out like three days a week, like I used to, I would go like every other day. And if I didn't feel like working out that third day, I didn't, I just tried to kind of do three days a week. I was working out like five days a week and I was doing cardio like three to four days a week. So over time, after my initial discovery of macro counting and this weightlifting, like a bodybuilder type thing, I ended up dropping a lot, a lot of weight. I would say, I think it was close to 30 pounds, which was insane because I was already really small and I'm not going to use numbers just because it could be very triggering to people. And I started college and right before I started college, my mom was like, Oh my God, you need to chill out. Like, you know, I probably lost 20 pounds at this point. So it was like August. And my mom was like, you need to chill out. Like you're fine. You know, you look great, whatever. Like none of my clothes. So I said, I buy all new clothes before going to college. And I was like, no, I just need to, you know, get a little bit leaner because I want to abs. I just want to get a little bit leaner. So I lost another 10 pounds and all of a sudden my period disappeared. What do you know? But because I was on hormonal birth control, I called my gynecologist and he was like, oh, this happens to everyone. Like the type you're on, a lot of people just lose their period. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh no, he doesn't really understand. I've literally been counting every calorie I have been eating like 1200 calories for like three months at this point, I've been working out like five to six days a week, plus a lot of cardio and I'm stressed because I'm starting engineering. So this went on for a few months where I was a very, very low weight. I didn't have my period. And I think I gained a little bit of weight back and my period came like a couple months later. I'm like, Whoa, my period's still there. And then all of a sudden it stopped and it never came back, which was crazy. So I went through this journey of trying to get out of my eating disorder for my entirety of in college. And I remember every year I called my gynecologist and I was like, Hey, like my period still never came. I haven't had it since November or whenever it was. I don't know what's going on. They're like, Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, finally going into senior year of college, it was 2017. It was September. I remember because it was right when it started. 
I was like, I can't do this anymore. I feel really off. I feel like I really need to get off this pill because I think that my control for so many years has really been messing with me. And at that point, it was like almost four years had gone by or three years had gone by. And I was not in the trenches with my eating disorder. I was eating more intuitively, but still in more of an orthorexic mindset around exercise. I was more forgiving with my workouts. The year before I trained for a half marathon. And then that summer leading up to senior year, I remember starting to train for my second and my body couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, it's okay. I'm not going to do it. Let me do some more. Let me go to the chiropractor more. And I was starting to trust my body more. So I got off the pill in September of 2017. And they told me, my gynecologist and the nurse, they were like, well, if you don't start your period in three months, give us a call, but it could take a little bit longer. So we won't worry about it. We'll just like, you know, run some tests just to see if you're okay, but you should start your period, you know, in the next month, couple months. In the back of my head, I'm like, I'm not starting my period. Like, I know it. Mm. I know it. I really screwed screwed this body up for a little bit. So I actually started learning about paleo at that time because in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I'm probably not starting my period anyways. So let's research this kind of stuff because I, I pretty much manifested that I wouldn't start it, even though I probably wouldn't have regardless because I was so stressed out, like to the point where my hair fell out in college I was like shaking, having panic attacks all the time. And also that physical stress from under eating over exercising that I found some YouTubers and they were talking about how they had PCOS. I'm like, well, I don't know if I have that. And I started being more paleo based, not completely, but it just made me have this totally different mindset than counting calories as numbers to looking food at more a nutrient dense point of view. And you would think that's good, but for me, it wasn't because it was another way to obsess. And then I tried doing counting calories and that. So anyways, three months go by, no period, go to the doctor, blood works perfect. Mm. Nothing's wrong. They're like, you don't have PCOS. Cause I told them that was a worry of mine. They're like, you don't have it. Why don't we get you back on birth control? And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> because I know that that is you don't have a real bleed with birth control. And I really want to figure out why I'm not having my period. So like, okay, well, this is very common for women. It could take, you know, six months or so. Let's just see what happens. So they had me do a progesterone challenge, which is basically when you take progesterone for like 10 days and you're supposed to bleed at the end of the 10 days. And I didn't bleed. And then I kind of kept going on this journey and I just didn't start my period. During this time though, I also was moving a lot I got a job as a sales engineer. So I moved to Washington, Missouri. I moved to Cleveland. I moved back to Washington, Missouri. I moved to Tampa, Florida. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And I moved to North Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm at now. And this all happened from 2018 until February of last year. So this was in a very short amount of time, having all of that moving stress, which is a lot. Also starting a full-time job. Also, I lost someone really close to me in college right before I ended senior year. So a lot of stress. And on top of this, when I moved to Missouri, which was my first rotation, I started CrossFit because one of my neighbors was doing it and I really wanted to try it. And of course, I loved it because that's just the type of person I am. And of course, instead of going at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., I wanted to go at 5 a.m. So when I already knew in the back of my head, all this was going on, but I graduated college. I'm like, no, I just want something. And it was me looking for a way to control 
so I went into this path for, from like June to August. And I was like, okay, Emily, I'm just really screwing myself up. I'm not feeling good. Like my period still hasn't come. So it took me from August till January. This is all in 2018 to really like start to think more about what was going on, what I've been doing. A lot of reflection happens. I was living in Missouri pretty much that entire time. There's not much to do in Washington, Missouri, where I lived. So I started educating myself even more on hypothalamic menorrhea. I started educating myself more so on just the female body in general and hormones. And then I got a health coach in January of 2019. And throughout this whole time, I was slowly gaining weight. Since the point where I was at my lowest, I was slowly gaining weight this whole time. So I was at a normal weight. I was, I looked normal. I felt normal. I, I mean, there were some signs that I had a lot of stress. Like I was super cold. I had Renaud syndrome where my circulation would go away. My nails were super brittle. My sleep was terrible. My digestion was terrible. My stomach was always bloated, but there were, if you looked at me, I looked normal, but it wasn't until I met with my health coach in January of 2019. And I committed financially And I just committed to the journey. And I knew if I didn't get some sort of help with someone that I believed in, it wasn't going to work. So literally, I think it took me two months or less than two months. And I got my period Mm. working with her. And during this whole journey too. So I lived in all those places. I had a different gynecologist in Ohio, Missouri, Tampa, Atlanta, and now Charlotte. And I've only had two, I could maybe say three out of those that said something other than birth control. Two of them I really love. There was one that was like, eh, she at least, at the time when I went to see her, I already had my period. So, so she couldn't say, you know, just get back on the pill. Cause I was like, nope, I already had my period. We're good to go. <laughs> but the other two really listened to me. So if anything, if you hear anything about this story, the biggest takeaway for me is if you feel like something's off, get help and you don't need to get help from the first person that you try to reach out to. Oh my God. Em, it's so fucking relatable. Like this story is just so many people on earth, especially in the Western world are feeling this way. And it's, I think so many of them think that it's just them or they're just crazy or they're just going to be stuck like this. And you just show people that you can get out of this. You just, and the answers are within you. Like, like you just have to trust yourself, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I, oh God, I, I would, I would love to first ask you about that voice in the back of your head, because you mentioned that at each step of the process, there was a voice in the back of your head. So were you consciously aware of that? Or are you looking back in hindsight and realizing like, oh, I had this voice in the back of my head that was telling me that, but I just kind of ignored it. What is your relationship to that voice in your head? And is it, is that your intuition talking? Yeah, I I think I believe it definitely is intuition and it was there the entire time. So, I felt that I'm a perfectionist. First off, I'm an Enneagram type 1. For those of you familiar with the Enneagram, I'm also a manifesting generator. I'm not, I'm not huge into human design, but just knowing that now, so I like to do things quick, I like to get it done, I like to do things like perfectly how I want. So all that can kind of explain why this happened. 
But also it was very interesting because I went from this person who I've been like Enneagram type one, manifesting general, just perfectionist in general to getting on the pill, which made me even more obsessive. So it was really hard to hear the voice then. And all I thought of was like control pretty much. So I was going to college, this new situation. I was starting a new, you know, studying. I was, didn't know people and how could I control? I could control my body. I could control how I was moving, what I was eating, no matter what. And I'm a numbers person. So counting calories was easy to me. Like I could literally do it in my head without using an app. I was just like, oh, add this, add that, add that. Okay. I know where I'm at, mm-hmm. which is like crazy to even, that's how I got to that point. But yeah, I remember I was, when I was at my lowest weight, I was laying in bed and my body just ached. I would research like what was going on with me because I was getting shortness of breath and I would go to the doctor. They're like, oh, you just have allergies. You have tight chest muscles. You need to stretch them out. I'm like, okay. And it's interesting. There was this, they used this one software for the doctor at school. So I could go back and see like my medical records and see like my height, weight, like blood pressure, everything, every time I went in. And I didn't know this until right when I graduated because I went in for... I forget. I think I had strep or something. Mm -hmm. And my blood pressure was so low and it was crazy. As my weight went up a little bit, my blood pressure finally went into the normal range and no one said anything. I was like, is that blood pressure good? They're like, oh, it's kind of low, but nothing to worry about. I'm like, hmm, shouldn't this be a concern? And I remember thinking that because I was such a I also was just obsessed with what was going on with my body. So if I went to the doctor and I thought it sounded a little low, I'd research that. I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. It's probably because I'm underweight, but I think I'm fine, you know? And it was that type of thing. So it did, it was always there and it was very hard to hear. And especially because everyone was telling me how great I looked and, oh, Emily's just so little. And I took on that identity that it was hard to break from my my identity that I had with like my ego and what my intuition and what deeper was telling me. And I'm a Christian and like what God was telling me to do with my life. It was hard to separate that in the moment because I was just so obsessed and I was so obsessed with control pretty much. I so, so identify with that and am like, I am not, I I have never described myself as like, I've definitely described myself as an obsessive person, but definitely not like a perfectionist, definitely not like overdoing it. But I was still, I was also counting calories in my head. Like, even if you're not like, even if you don't, you don't identify with the personality of like overdoing, overworking everything, you can still be the type of person to count calories and you can still be the type of person to um, obsess about what's going on in your body. I so identify with that. And I think like, like our day-to-day lives looked very different earlier on in our lives. And we were both, we had that common denominator. And I think like so many people are experiencing that. And I'm curious, like, I'm curious. It's like, what question do I want to tackle first? Cause I really want to hear the answer to both of these, but I think first I'm curious about what made you, what was the the point where you decided, okay, I'm going to go with a holistic health coach? Like what I, you were, you were sick of, of what you were dealing with probably. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, what was going through your head? What, what made you decide that this was the right choice? And you know, how was that part of your journey for you? 
So it's actually interesting. The YouTuber that I talked about, and I could even, I'll say the YouTuber, I don't care. Uh, her name is Sarah's Day. She's like a big YouTuber. I still watch her to this day because I like her recipes and stuff. But at the time, she was way more triggering than she is now. So for any of you who would look her up, I wouldn't go too far because <laughs> now she's a baby and she she went through HA. She had PCOS and went through the HA journey. But so basically when I found her, when I was still in college, she was kind of in her, oh, I had PCOS, but I did all these things and I have abs and that type of thing. And I never watched YouTube before. So I was like, okay, let's, you know, watch this. But she went to a, and I actually really liked YouTube because it was quick, you know, could study after whatever. She went to holistic health coaches or holistic doctors. And she went to chiropractors and I went to chiropractors too, but I, it reminded me, oh, I should probably continue going to my chiropractor. And I was like, huh, holistic doctor. Well, let me look some up. So I was already in the like organic train. I already liked that. And I did eat very well, but like, you know, she was in the complete paleo, like no bread. And I'm Italian. I ate bread. I just tried getting like the, the whole grain type deal and all that. So once I kind of saw it from that view, I'm like, huh. So in college, I started looking up holistic doctors and I was like, well, I can't really afford that right now. So eh, maybe not. And when I moved to Missouri, I actually went to my one gynecologist there and he did a complete new blood plant panel. Cause it was almost like a year before, after my last and my blood work was the same. I was fine. Wow. But at the same time, I went to a holistic doctor and he seemed a little bit on the more woo woo, like didn't believe what he was doing side. But at the same time, he made good points and I felt really good working with him. However, I just didn't feel connected to his way of working. And I was spending a lot of money to feel disconnected still. Like he had me do something with like the energetic, I'm going to say this wrong, fields of your body, you hold on to something and it like tells you something. And I didn't know how much I believed it then, mostly because I really just wanted my period. So he was trying to ad- address my gut and all this stuff. And I was like, great, my gut's feeling better, but I want my period. Like, I really want this. So I started doing more research on, I started listening to different podcasts, like well-fed women. I literally binge listened to them because I drove a decent amount for work. I read books after, after I, you know, went to CrossFit at 5am, went to work, mm-hmm. and then I had nothing to do for two hours before I went to bed at eight, oh which is crazy goodness. to think of now. Like, why did, how did I do that? And I, it's mostly because I felt I need, I lacked community and I felt a community there. I loved who I worked out with. So anyways, finally, when I went to Tampa, I remember hearing about a woman named Laura Schoenfeld and it was through a podcast and she was helping women with getting their period back. She did a specific program for that. She doesn't now she helps. She's a business coach now but she was helping women with that. I'm like, oh my God, her program's literally called Get Your Period Back. And I started listening to her and she was a dietitian that believed mm-hmm. in holistic, holistic methodology, but she called herself like a health coach because she didn't just do dietetics. She looked at everything holistically. And I was like, I need to work with her. So I had a call with her and I just had so much faith in what she could do. And it was all virtual. I never even met her in person. So I started working with her and 
she had a lot of online modules that I went through and it was crazy because I knew a lot of the stuff that I needed to do, but just, there were, there was a decent amount that I did learn. Like I was drinking too much water and that could flush away a lot of my electrolytes, Mm -hmm. which could cause me to have the Renaud syndrome, like something like that, that I wouldn't think of and how drinking too much water could also correlate with gut issues. It could also correlate, like, I'm not talking about, you know, half your body weight, your body weight ounces. I was drinking probably close to double my body weight water. I was like always excessive thirst, like things like that. I didn't understand could actually mess up my hormones. So I found her. And then I also find a, found a holistic gynecologist who was an MD and then he got cancer and then he ended up curing it naturally and then went back to school to do the naturopathic medicine. So he was both. And that double team is what got me out of where I was. And a lot of what I did with Laura as a health coach was a lot of physical, like, okay, eat a lot of food. Okay. Stop working out. And there was definitely a mental component, but I didn't really trust the mental component until I went to my doctor. And once again, got a little more blood work done. You know, he checked in an ultrasound to make sure like I didn't have too many cysts. He checked I'm trying to think like thyroid, like all this and everything was still normal. And he was like, Emily, I think you should read a book and just try to calm down. I'm like, wow, I probably should. And then a week later I got my period. So it was like, it went through trial and error, even with the health, the holistic health industry to find someone, but it all started from YouTube. And like I said, someone who started out as a trigger kind of, and like led me into I wouldn't say she was a trigger, but she definitely led me more, more into the orthorexic path to also led me out of it. So I think it's also like the way you look at people on social media, they don't always, your position on life determines how you see what they're giving out, I guess. And yes, she did evolve too. And so if, like I said, if you wanted to look at her content now, it wouldn't be triggering to most people, maybe to some, but back then it was very triggering to me. And, but it did kind of get me on that upward slope out of my journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, man. How we view other people's information. I know that's changed for me so much over time as well. I can, I can totally feel that. So M, when you got your period back, like, so you mentioned that you were eating a lot and you stopped working out. So what was your mentality like? Were you just like, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. Just eat as much as possible. Really give my body rest. Like, were there some other things that you were doing during that time? So yeah, it's actually, it worked out pretty well, but my body pretty much shut down right before I started working with Laura. I have been struggling with shoulder problems since I was probably 16 years old. I never had a specific injury, but I believe it was just from water skiing. And it got to the point where my shoulders hurt so bad I could barely hold even a coffee cup. Mm. I could barely lift my arms. I could barely sleep. And on top of that, I was also driving a lot for work. So my hips started hurting really bad. Remember when I said I was in pain from sports? I'm just a naturally very stiff person. So sitting for long periods of time and really not doing my stretching or mobility work can cause a lot of pain. So this happened in the beginning of January and I literally felt like I could barely move. So I could barely move physically. Even if I wanted to work out, I couldn't. I went to a physical therapist at this time and she was like, oh no, you can't work out. I'm like, 
great. I just felt like I was making traction. So like, not only could I not work out physically, but my physical therapist was like, even if you're feeling better, you're not working out. And then I started working with the health coach and I heard this, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just relax. And at first it was stressful, but I had so much trust and I had like this great feeling that it was all going to work out. And I just knew my whole life. I love, loved, I should say food. I didn't love it as much when I was being disordered. Cause I'm like, you know, you love this, but you can only eat this much or, Oh, you want to eat this, but eat this else, something else, because it's not, it's either not healthy enough or it's not going to fit into your macros. So I was like, I've always loved food. Like my whole life, I was a big eater. I would go to friends' homes. I'd eat dinner at my home, go to my friend's home, eat dinner and come back and eat more dinner. That's how I was my whole life. Like, so why don't I just do that now? So I put aside my bloat because I learned that when you go through stages of under eating, your your gut's going to be messed up and actually weight gain can actually help. So eating more processed food during times when you're just trying to gain weight and get your period back is actually better for you at times. And everyone's different. So take this with a grain of salt. Obviously everyone has different health conditions, but people who are severely underweight or were at one point, a lot of the times that can help. So I started eating ice cream every night. I started eating like really good full fat ice cream. Like amazing. I got full fat whole milk that I never had. I, I didn't have for years because I thought when I went to college, like milk's bad, you know, there's dairy, the lactose has so much sugar, all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to drink. And I like told myself that I couldn't digest it. Well, mm-hmm. I could digest it fine. Cause I pretty much made a milkshake every night. I had like, if I, I, I ate so much food and I was tracking my calories, which was very triggering to me because I didn't track calories for probably like a year or two before this. Like I said, I did have a intuition as, as to how much I was eating just from doing it for years but I didn't track because it was just too much mental energy. So I did have to track again, just to make sure I was eating enough. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much stuffed my face. It felt like for about a month. I was just like, just eat it. You know, if you're not hungry, just eat ice cream because it tastes good no matter what. And if you're too full, whatever. And I did gain probably like 10 to 15 pounds in like a month. And I have a very small body frame. So that was a lot for me. Mm -hmm. And it, it really just made me, it made me feel very self-conscious. And there were definitely times where I was crying because I remember like that Christmas or that, that fall to the winter, I bought all new work clothes. I bought new bathing suits. I went to Lululemon and bought new workout clothes. Cause I was finally had a full-time job and could afford some stuff mm-hmm. and none of it fit. None of it. Like I probably spent a thousand dollars on new clothes just because I was like trying to get more of a wardrobe over months of time Mm -hmm. and none of it fit. So that was very hard. I remember crying to my sister. I remember my now fiance, my boyfriend at time was, they're all being very supportive, but it just was such a mental battle. But really what helped me was every day I let myself sleep. And as long as I could with my work schedule and just as long as I needed. So I didn't do morning workouts I went on walks if I had time, like, you know, let's say I slept till eight and needed to be somewhere at nine. I probably couldn't go on a walk, but if I naturally woke up a little earlier, I went on a walk around the water in Tampa Bay. I went on mindful walks. So I didn't listen to any music. I just looked at my scenery. 
I stretched a lot. I journaled every single day. I started to read more. I started my blog, which was super therapeutic, where I shared about my journey. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going through this, so many other people are too. So I literally like just published my whole journey. And it was more so a way for me to like, I could hide and like cower about what I'm going through. Or I can, you know, I'm starting to feel so good mentally with my journaling, with my walks, with being with friends. I made a lot of great friends in Tampa that I'm still great friends with today. Like literally one just, I was only there for six months and one just visited me two weeks ago and another invited me to her wedding. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, focusing on friendships versus calories versus workouts. And when I could add in the workout, like my workouts again, it was very intentional there were definitely many times where I tried going back to control, but it was always in stressful periods where I had to like bring my back self back down to earth. But it was mostly like my grounding practices and love is what got me through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. And we're learning so much now, or I mean, a lot of people have been focusing on this for a long time, but like I am learning so much now, I'll say, and I think a lot of our listeners are learning so much now that when you're, when things happen, like losing your period, it has a, there's a lot of emotional stuff that it has to do with. And naturally we go right to like, okay, what's technically going on? What's up with my health? And so much of this is like from a self-love standpoint, so much of what helped you because it wasn't exactly, it wasn't what you, what you were eating necessarily. You were just, you decided to just eat more, which was a form of self-love for your body and going on these walks and listening to your body and not working out in the morning. And there are some logistics to it, right? Okay. Technically, but a lot of this, a lot of this just ties back to self-love, which is so beautiful, right? Yes, exactly. And it's like, when I went to my doctor who told me that I was like, wow, because I was like, I've been stuffing my face for like a month. He's like, Emily, I don't think at this point you need to do that anymore. Like, you know, all your blood works fine. You're at a healthy weight. And he's like, unless you feel the need physically that you need to eat more, I don't think that, you know, in now that your body knows what enough food feels like, because you don't go through a point where, you know, I was, my metabolism was slower. So I had to eat more to kind of rev it up. And then I was like, oh, I'm really hungry. Now I could eat like the whole world. Mm -hmm. But then it kind of slowed back down a little bit. And this all happened for me in like a month because like I said, I was not underweight for years, you know? So I worked on it for years in terms of the weight. People who had been severely, severely underweight, it could take them a whole year to get to where I did at the end of the month, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But that doctor just really helped me have peace of mind. And I was like, whoa, I'm not broken. Yeah. Beautiful realization. And now is this, is this kind of what you help your clients with? Like as far as continuing to recover from their eating disorders, do you help them with these things? Do you, do you champion kind of the same principles that helped you during that time? Yes, I definitely do. So, um, with my clients, a lot of them come to me because of my podcast and because of my blog sharing that story, but it's actually interesting. I'm getting to a point now where I've had a client that I coached um, and got helped her get her period back. I helped a client with intuitive eating. I helped another client with getting rid of the counting calories 
like mindset. And I've gone through different phases with these clients and I'm still super passionate, but I'm also starting to see a shift in my life. So because I am like the perfectionist type person, I began to think of when I was helping other people with something that I needed to focus more on that in my life, which is kind of interesting. And I haven't been coaching for that long. I've only been coaching clients since September. But if I was helping someone with working out less, when I would start to work out more, because now my body can work out, I work out probably about five days a week now. And I'm very intentional with my workouts. I don't work out for hours and hours and hours. And it does have a mix of yoga and lifting and whatever. So just take this with a grain of salt once again. But I noticed when I was talking to other clients about working out less, I felt guilty for working out more. Mm -hmm. And I started focusing more on my period. Oh, wow. It was 37 days. My cycle is 37 days this month. Oh, it's a little bit long. What did I do? When realistically it's fine, I probably just didn't get as much sleep that month or something. You know, it was probably maybe because excitement can also be a stressor for your body. If you're so excited and you're, you know, that could also be a stressor, which is very interesting. So I now am kind of taking a step back from my business, not because I don't want to help these clients ever again, but because I want to be able to help them in a different way that's more beneficial to them that takes me out of the picture. And I'm learning to do that more so. And the reason why this is so hard is because a lot of my clients like to ask me a lot of questions about my journey and a lot of questions about where I am now to compare to where I was. And it might sound crazy to you, but it actually helps them get through their journey because they want to have someone they can relate it with. But now I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it with every client because it keeps me stuck in where I was when I'm not there anymore. So do I help client? Do I help women with this currently? I mean, yes, because I still have my, all my content. And would, if someone asked me to, would I absolutely, but I'm trying to find the right balance in my business and my personal life that gives me satisfaction and gives them the results they want without going back into the, Oh, I'm broken mindset. Oh my God. Totally. Yeah. Like as we're both holistic health coaches. So like as part of our jobs, we are often coaching on the things that we've healed and no doubt that can get triggering, no doubt. And there's a whole thing, you know, for our listeners who aren't coaches or don't, aren't, don't know much about like the coaching industry, coaching on something or giving advice on something immediately makes you like, what, what, what term am I looking for? Imposter syndrome comes up really quickly. So we start to think like, like we have to do our work to not feel that way because we immediately think like, well, I'm not perfect, but in reality, Mm -hmm. nobody's perfect. But yeah, it's that whole process. So Em, do you know, do you think you know where your coaching is going or are you still kind of figuring it out and seeing how it goes? So I am someone that I went to take a break last year when I moved to Charlotte and my break lasted like three weeks. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get back into it because if you want to be successful in your business and whatever. And I just enjoy it, whatever. So this time when I was taking a break, I'm like, no, you were taking at least two months off. Mm. I'm getting married in August. And I also just bought a house with my fiance in February. So I was like, you're taking at least February and March off. And then we will reconsider. 
And then I recorded my last podcast episode for now, forever. I'm not sure. And I said, you know what? I'm taking at least, you know, till April off. However, if you don't hear from me until after my wedding or 2022, then I'm fine with that because I've never given myself a break that I truly needed. Like I literally went from engineering school, mechanic, like that's hard to, you know, learning my job, my new traveling job to starting a business and doing all this stuff. It was a lot. So for the first time since maybe even before high school, because I also worked after school in high school and to sports, I get done with work and I play with my puppy. I go on walks. I cook. I go to the grocery store and I don't have 10 million tasks that have to do with something other than my personal life. I mean, here and there, I still have an engineering job. I do have to work, you know, a little bit later, but I've never felt this free. Like I can work out in the morning or evening if I want, depending on my schedule. I'm not so rigid. I, and it's, my health has never been better Mm. till now. And it's because even though I was doing all the same things as before. And I actually had a way better morning routine before because I'm sleeping more now. I am allowing myself to just be in the moment and be with more friends and be outside more and do things that should be part of your day-to-day life, but are neglected so much. And I can thank COVID for giving me this. Like I'm not thanking COVID for happening, but I can thank COVID for at least giving me this opportunity because I have not been traveling much for work and I've been able to see a different side of life just from having a slower style from the world shutting down. So basically I have been trying not to think about it, but at the same time, of course, I'm going to kind of think about it. Like before I stopped and I decided I do want to do a semi rebrand, I realized that I'm really getting more into your intentions in life and your purpose. And I'm not saying I'm going to help people find your purpose because I mean, that's not something I could tell you, but just finding what really brings you joy and what brings you fire. My client I worked with longest, we went to start working around intentional eating or intuitive eating. And we talked about her career. We talked about her love life. We talked about so much more. And I know we all do this as health coaches, but it was such an emphasis on this. I'm like, this is incredible. And the food aspect was so little that it was like, this feels so much more genuine to me. And of course, if we want to talk about food and stuff, that's fine. But making it, you know, it it would still be some sort of health coaching because all of that's health, but making it more about your life. And I'm not a life coach, but maybe I will be. I don't know. So that's kind of what I've been thinking about. And it's also interesting, like I on social media, even I don't follow the same accounts anymore. Now that I have my puppy, now that I'm getting married, now that I have a home, I am focusing more on like family stuff. I'm focusing more on decorations and baking. And yes, I still love movement and I still love nutrition, but if I go to listen to an hour long podcast on like SIBO or on I don't know, something else. I can't even get through it because I binge listened to that for years. And I'm like, Emily, why are you listening to this? You know, all that you took a nutrition course on all this. I don't need to listen to that right now. Maybe there will be a time in my life where I want to, but forcing myself to stay stuck in that same mindset and same lifestyle is just not, was not serving me. 
Oh my gosh. I love it. I love these topics because, okay. I've had a very similar experience. I'm like, I started out really hard. Well, I don't know if it's really hardcore, but I started out with Ayurveda, you know, you know, this, mm-hmm. we've known each other for many months now. And that was beautiful. And that really helped me to, it helped me to awaken. And that was really part of my journey. And it helps a lot of people. It does. It does for the right person. It really helps a lot of people. But I noticed that I started to get a little bit trapped in a box. And I, I heard you say something about your mentality about drinking milk a couple minutes ago mm-hmm. and how you you were just convinced that it would trigger or it would it would trigger health imbalances or you wouldn't be able to digest it. And then when you were doing a lot of intentional eating and eating everything, you realize, well, I guess I can I can eat the yeah. milk. That was my experience with Ayurveda because it's very rule-based. And again, for the right person, some structure is for for people that are not going in anywhere near structure in their lives, some structure is good. And that's why it was good for me initially. But then I took it to this next level where everything I was eating was wrong. I couldn't go out to eat without being like, oh, it's spicy. So it's going to give me heartburn because those are the Ayurvedic energetics. And that's exactly what happened because I expected that to happen. So really over the past year, I've also been noticing that my mentality around eating is the most important thing. It's the most mm-hmm. important thing. If I expect that it's going to turn turn my body into like just this inflamed thing, then it will. And I, I just love this idea of, of getting, it's, it's even more to the root of health imbalances than food. It's more to the root than blood work. It's more to the root than medical tests. We're talking about emotional stuff. We're talking about how you feel in your life. Are you are you focusing on things that light you up? Are you focusing on, on your love that you're cultivating in your life and with other people? It's just, I, I think, Emily, this speaks to this collective awakening that's happening in our society. I really believe it because you're experiencing it. I'm experiencing it. And our listeners are experiencing it, that it doesn't it doesn't have to be it can be more free flowing than we think. It can be more just looking at looking to what excites us at the end of the day and looking to what makes us feel good. Like, what do you think about that? Do you feel like that that you you have really you, you've experienced some clarity on what really does give you health in your life, like on a deeper level. Yes, absolutely. And I can tell you one thing, it was not working out at 5am and going to bed at eight because in some people it works for them. Like I know trainers that they get up at four and it works for them. But for me, my fiance, he does not like going to bed early. He likes staying up to like 11, 12 during a work week. So me going to bed at eight, I don't see him. My relationship isn't, you know, as connected and that just doesn't work. So me working out at seven on days that I can and lunch, if I can and whatever, it works out better. And I, I think that taking a step back and focusing on the bigger picture has really helped. Like I mentioned that I'm getting married and what happens to most brides when they first begin their journey, like their, you know, wedding journey. Oh my God, I need to lose weight to be perfect in my dress. And don't get me wrong. There are definitely moments where I'm like, oh, you know, my dress is open back. Like it fits me fine, but I want to feel like my best I possibly can, which caused me to start to think of control. However, those controlling thoughts only last a flicker. And just so you all know, health coaches are not perfect. Dietitians are not perfect. Who ever says they're perfect and they never have a flicker of something that, you know, strays from what they 
talk about that's going to make you well, that they're lying because everyone has moments of doubt, every single person. Mm -hmm. So if they say, I never have a thought of body image again, they are hundred percent lying because humans are not perfect. So anyways, but our body image could look a lot different. Like now, if I was like, oh, you know, I want to feel my best, feeling my best and having abs is a lot different, you know, feeling my best and being X amount of weight is a lot different. So now when I'm in this journey of how, what is feeling my best look like? Well, I was struggling with acne for a little bit and it was because of stress and I'm not really sure what it was exactly, but it cleared up recently. And I'm like, wow, that made me feel so much better. And it's interesting because, and I'm not like, once again, I'm not saying anything bad about paleo or keto or anything like that because for the right people, it works. So I was trying not to eat dairy again. Like after I already realized that dairy worked for me, I tried not eating it again for allergies and my skin was inflamed and I started eating it in January, like literally every day. I went from not eating it to eating it every day. My skin cleared up in a month and there were other things that happened. Yeah. Like it's crazy. There were other things that I did. Like I started drinking a probiotic drink some days and I did curology. So obviously that helps, but just something thinking, oh, gluten and dairy inflames my skin. I can never have it too. Great now. And just having like taking away the pressure, I think you'll actually, you'll appreciate this. So one of my new year's resolutions this year was to not do one challenge this year, Mm. one challenge, because last year I did 90 days, no drinking. And then I only got today 45 because I moved to Charlotte and I wanted to go out. So immediately once I had one or I went out one night, I had more than one drink, but I went out one night on day 45, like I have to start over. So I went another 88 days. I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't finish it perfectly. Cause it was my dad's 60th birthday. I had some wine and I'm like, Oh my God, I need to do it again. And then I kind of had that mindset all year, even though my relationship with alcohol was fine. I just wanted to do it because I thought I should. So this year, and I did other challenges this year. I was like, not one, we're not doing it. Mm. And I have felt better than ever mentally. I'm not saying challenges aren't good. Like I'm not saying that once again, for everyone, we, you said, someone who needs more structure, that's amazing. Or wants to do, like if you're working with a dietitian and you're trying to figure out health gut imbalances or sensitivities, but if you're someone who doesn't need that and you're already very structured, loosening up on things like now, for example, I went to, I'm trying to think last week, a girlfriend from my hometown, she lives in Charlotte and I haven't seen her since I moved here. She was like, Hey, why don't we go to a brewery and meet? And I'm like, oh my God, it's a Tuesday. I don't know if I should at first. I'm like, why, why does it matter? Go have a glass of wine if you want. Drink water if you want. Who cares? You have nothing to do. Go see her. You'll really enjoy yourself. Just go, whatever. And I did, and I had a great time. And whatever, I woke up. I did my workout in the morning. I felt great. Like it, It's like taking out the obsessive thoughts and thinking of how you should be and just raining back down to the present is what it's all about. But I can definitely say that I did not get here by myself. If it weren't for my fiance, who's like, Emily, you need to chill all the time. (laughs) Then I would be way more back in the type A mentality. I'm very fortunate to have a partner who is very chill most of the time where I am very, you know, can't sit down even still. So having that yin and yang (laughs) really helps my life. 
Yeah. And it just speaks to how many important reminders you have. Like one, focusing, like to stop doing things that we think we're supposed to do, period. Like, period. There are so many things that we think we're supposed to do that we're keeping ourselves busy with, whether it's doing this thing at this exact moment, even if, even though you have 15 other things to do, because you think you have to do it in this moment, do you really have to do it in that moment? Can you put Probably it off until the weekend? <laughs> exactly. Probably not. And uh, even social engagements, that was a big thing for me, like feeling like I had to go somewhere when I changed my mind that I didn't really feel like going there. It's okay to change your mind. Actually, our mutual mm-hmm. friend Meg doll says that it's okay yes. to change your mind. <laughs> that's really, that's, that strong statement came from her and yeah, but not focusing on things that you think you're supposed to do, focusing on things that you enjoy doing and also keeping people around you that encourage you in a way that feels good to you and keeping people around you that help you to gain energy, not drain your energy, right? Like these mm-hmm. things are just like, that is the, that is the recipe for health right there. Would you say? I 100% agree. I am so happy you're saying this. And like you said about changing your mind too, you can ask any of my friends. I am so indecisive. And it's because I say exactly how I feel in the moment. If I say, no, I don't want to do something. And then the next day I'm like, yes, I do. It's because I felt different at that moment. And I try, if it's something big, like, oh my God, I'm going to go on vacation. I try to, you know, say maybe before I make a decision. So you don't bail because that could go wrong. (laughs) But if it's like, Hey, we're getting dinner, you know, or we're meeting, we're going on a walk or whatever. I'll be like, Oh yes, maybe not whatever. But it's because once, like you said, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to back out of things too. Like it's, I'm starting to see, I work out with like a, I do group classes just because I love group classes now. And I'm starting to see like the CrossFit mentality in it. And I'm like, Emily, you are not getting into that. You don't have to go every day that they go. You can go to bar. You can stay home. It's fine. So when I find myself getting into that, you have to, I'm like, how can I not have to? And then it's like, oh, my body like makes me sleep in too much. Or I'm like, eh, I'm not doing this today. So it's almost like I'm rebellious now too, when I'm like in that structured mode, if I think if I eat too healthy now, which I'm putting quotes, like if I eat really healthy, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I want some ice cream because it's like, let's just shake things up just so you can remember that life is meant to be spontaneous. It's meant to have feel good mentally and physically and spiritually. And it's not meant to be so structured. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. I love that. That's really the first time I think I've heard that concept of like, if you're someone that really gets obsessive about stuff, try to throw a wrench in it once in a while and see what happens. And that is also something that can be so educational too, to see how you respond to those situations, to see how you respond to those situations. I think that's so fascinating, Em. And yeah, I, I love this idea of of allow, just allowing yourself that allowing your allowing life to be a little bit messy here and there. And how many times do I hear people say, well, I don't really want to do this, or I don't really have the energy, but I feel bad. Like I feel bad for my coworker. I feel bad for my friend. It's a really big thing. Like, I feel like, especially in the States, like I feel bad. So I'm going to do it. We need to stop normalizing that. Right. Yes, definitely. I a hundred percent agree. And I, I catch up my friends saying that a lot. And there are times where I'm like, oh, I do do feel bad. 
that I don't want to go on this trip, but I know if I do, my energy will be completely depleted. I will feel so bad physically, mentally, like I won't be able to do my job. So knowing that like you're going to, you're not going to like, let's say all your friends are going somewhere and you're like, you just know you shouldn't on the inside. You might be a little bit down, but you don't have to beat yourself up over it. You don't have to be upset. Or if, you know, all your friends are doing a workout class and I, I'm comparing workout because that was my life for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, they all get to do this. Well, everyone's in a different season of their life. Everyone has different goals. Like a lot of my friends in Charlotte, there's not many of them that are getting married right now. A lot of them are single. So do I really want to go out every single weekend? Not really. But if I do want to go out, will I? Yeah. Will I feel bad if I say no? No, I won't. Unless it was one of those situations where it's someone's birthday that I haven't seen in forever. And I'm just saying no, because I'm being too structured. That's different. I'll probably feel bad because I know I should go because I'm like, okay, you're being too structured. It's a birthday party from one of your best friends type deal. So I think just like literally thinking of your whole life, would you want to go like when you are on your deathbed or when you are older, do you want to think back and be like, Hey, wow. I did my morning routine perfectly every single day. I never ate grains and whatever. And I did this and that, but I had no love or no excitement in my life. Like, I don't want that to happen. I like having random nights where I stay up too late and random nights where I wake up really or random mornings where I wake up really early and do do random things at times. Do I want to do that every week? No. Cause if I did that every week because of my personality, I would be so depleted, but having that here and there. And even like this month, I've had a month of visitors and that is like me. I'm like, Oh my God. Mm. So normally I'd panic, but I just like embraced it. And I'm like, I love hosting. So I'm having so many people visit. I'm going to host, I'm going to cook them dinner. We're going to go on a walk. I'm going to show them this beautiful city I love. And it's going to be amazing. And because that was my mindset, I definitely had an amazing time. Does that mean this weekend I want to continue that? No, I'm going to paint with my fiance and we're going to like chill. Mm. So I think just allowing yourself to have fun too. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I love these. I love these, these words that you're saying. And it, it speaks so much to how we get to rewrite our persona. If we want to, do you want to be someone that can handle a night up late once in a while? You can be start looking at yourself like that. Do you want to be someone that, that loves hosting? That's a good host. Start saying that about yourself and it's going to come gradually. Like it's so fucking true what you're saying. I love this. I love this. And I think I'm so glad we went here because it's just, it's, I I honestly feel like, and this was something that was big for me too. in in other ways, just depleting my energy because I felt like I had to, I, I think it's like an epidemic. Like it's, it's just huge. I really notice it now that when I, once I noticed it in myself, I started noticing it in other people. And I'm like, look, we don't have to do that. We don't have to, we're putting that weight on ourselves. We don't have to do that. So it's just so important that people know that they are in good company. It might seem like the other humans that are physically around them are all depleting their energy. So then it makes you feel like, well, I need to do that too. This is your sign right here. This podcast episode is your sign that there are people that 
also don't go out all the time or also don't work all the time, work out all the time. And it's okay to just do your thing, do what makes you feel good. That will give you energy reserves to spend time with people or work out at a later date. (laughs) Oh, yes. And something that goes hand in hand with that is you don't have to identify with what you do every single day. And there's like so it's so interesting to say, cause I'm such a routine person and like, I didn't meditate for like a month and I just started meditating again two days ago. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've been a little bit more scatterbrained. Let me get a little more grounded. If I have to wake up a little bit earlier or just take a break during work, I know this is very necessary for me, mm. but because I didn't do it every day, does that mean I'm not someone who meditates? No. Like I still, if we look at my whole, like I think if you look at the bigger picture of your life, that makes up more of who you are. Like, because I, you know, didn't, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's say if you, my house was a mess like last week and I'm usually so neat. Am I someone who's messy? No. What did I go have going on? Well, my sister visited, someone else visited the day before. I didn't really have time to, I had like one day to clean and I cleaned everything and then it became messy again. Who cares? Okay. That you don't have to identify with, how you are with what your state is at every moment. And like I said, I had a lot of hosting. I went out, I went out to dinner a lot more than I normally would. And do I have to identify with that? No, because when I look at, once again, the bigger picture of my life, what do I normally do? I love to read. I love to, you know, have new things in my life and go try new places, but I love to cook at home. And you just, you don't have to put yourself in a box either. And I love everything that you said about finding the people that you vibe with. You also could have a mix of people too. So if one day you're like, hey, let's go on a hike. Great. Have the people to go on a hike with. But if there's also other days you're like, hey, I want to go get my nails done. Have people to go get your nails done with. They don't have to be all in the same group. But if you're someone who is literally always the same, that's fine too. It's just like, you don't have to force yourself to be spontaneous at all. I just think having spontaneous even in your day-to-day life, if you're someone who wants to stay home and whatever, your spontaneous thing could be like, whoa, I'm having, you know, I'm ordering a pizza tonight. That's spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Okay, who cares? Great, order the pizza. That could be your, my spontaneous, someone else's spontaneous thing is like, oh, I'm going to Europe. I would never do that spontaneously. Personally, but that could be someone else's version of spontaneous. So you, you're ever-changing. <laughs> mm. I fucking love that distinction. It's so important. That's such an important point that I didn't think about. I love it, Em. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about what we decided to talk about. This yeah, week. Yes. it went a totally different route and I'm so happy. Yeah, it's like our our this actual episode is a reflection of what we're talking about because Emily and I actually, t- I, I told her, we talked about the exact topics we thought we were going to talk about because I like to make sure we're on the same page all that before we start recording. And it did kind of, we ended up on different topics or different, like more specific topics. So it just goes to show, and this is going to be a great fucking episode. So it goes to show sometimes going with the flow and not obsessing about every detail is like the healthiest thing you can do a lot of the time, you know? Absolutely. (laughs) So M. We've hit kind of an hour mark here. I do, before we get to where we can find you, how we can support you, possibly how we can work with you in the future, I do ask every guest on here what you think the root of health is. What is that baseline root of health, do you think? I would say just connecting back to where you are today 
and really asking yourself what's going on. Because I think if I would have asked myself this a couple of years ago, when I was going through the freezing and hair loss, be like, whoa, something's going on. I don't feel good. Mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. I was always my phone, you know, counting calories. And if I were to ask myself right now, how do I feel today? I would say I'm hot because my AC broke. (laughs) I would say I probably need a little more sleep because I was up reading my book and I woke up earlier, you know, than I probably should because I was just reading my book and I went to bed later. So it's like, okay. And I think just asking yourself, where where are you today without judgment and just really being honest, that's how you will discover so much more than you ever could have if you just said, where should I be or how does everyone want me to be? Oh my God, that's brilliant. I love it. How cool. Thank you. Okay. Where can we find you? How can we support you? How can we kind of continue on checking out your journey and then possibly looking for an opportunity to work with you at some point. (laughs) Yes. So you can find me on my website. This kind of has everything on it. It's honestlivingco.com. And on there, you'll see, I have a blog, which is kind of how my whole journey started. So if you really want to read more about like my whole mindset with my eating disorder, definitely check the early ones out. And then at the end, I get more into like essential oils and random stuff. So you'll see that evolution. My podcast is also linked there and it's the honest living podcast where once again, I start talking about my, I started talking about my health journey kind of, and then having random guests. And then I kind of ended up more so into the health and wellness journey. And then I just gave an episode where I'm taking a break. So you'll see that. So more to, more to come with that journey. And then my Instagram is just Emily Morello and it's M-O-R-E-L-L-O. I really am not on social media much right now, just because like I said, I'm taking a break. And I, before when I had my breaks, I still was on social media a lot, like to the point where I barely even check friends, Instagrams or whatever, just because I don't really feel like going on it for right now. Does that mean I'll never go on it again? No, I'll be back. I'm going to, my business is staying here. I will have some type of coaching business with Honest Living Co. If you want to email me and chat more about if this resonated with you, this podcast episode, you can email me at emily at honestlivingco.com and we can chat. I'll tell you about like my plans for the future. Once again, nothing will happen until at least after I'm married. So it won't happen until September. I would say even when I get married in August, it'll probably take, you know, a month to create everything. So maybe more so October at the very earliest. But definitely stay connected with me and Honest Living Co. and Emily Morello. They're not going anywhere. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yay. I love it. And we'll have all of those, everything that Emily mentioned in the show notes for your reference. So thank you so much, Emily Morello, for coming on this podcast and talking about your journey and sharing so honestly about where you are at right now. It was such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Em. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Emily Morello, founder of Honest Living LLC, holistic health coach, and host of the Honest Living podcast. If you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. 
it's really important that we get the word out about these topics. The folks we have on this podcast have a lot of important things to say. People need to know about this information. A lot of this information is has not been spread to the general public yet, and we want to change that. If more people knew about the topics that we talk about on this podcast, a lot would change on this earth. So I am asking for your help to spread this information around, share this information with your community, with your friends, with your loved ones. Let's make a difference on earth. And if you'd like to book an intuitive body reading session with me, DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening or hit the link in my bio on Instagram to book a session with me. It's going to be weird. We're going to get into the 5D. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. You're going to love it. I am Emily Kosick, intuitive health coach and CEO of Root Awakening. Thanks so much for listening to this interview, to this podcast in general. I am so grateful for you. Thank you for supporting these topics. Thank you for supporting natural health. Thank you for supporting healing modalities that can help us, that can make changes in our lives. And I just can't wait to hear from you soon. See you on the next episode.